from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello and welcome to Talking Catholic. This is Mary McCusker, Talking Catholic co-host, and I'm joined today by Mike Walsh who I just found out used to have a mullet. And so I have been in a wonderful mood because of this new information and because it's 60 and sunny and I was listening to the Almond Brothers on the way here with the windows down. So I'm in a great mood. How are you, Mike? I, I am uh, I'm delightful. I, I don't. Hey, listen, I wore that mullet proudly from uh, 1987 to 1995 until I was sitting in a, uh, a bar with a friend of mine and there was a dive bar and and he, he goes hey mike uh look around at all the other guys at the bar and i go i'm looking around and he goes you see anything's different about him <laughs> and i go no and he goes look closer and i look closer and i go i'm telling you man I have no idea what you're talking about. He goes, they all are sporting mullets. And I go, yeah, you're right. They are all sporting mullets. And now I refer, let me refer back to my previous statement of we were in a dive bar. I was going to say, And then yeah, he, uh, he turns to me and goes, dude, you got the same haircut. I go, oh, you're going to be kidding me. And the next day I got a cut. And, and wow. But the reason I didn't, and as I explained before, the reason I didn't know is because I had really curly hair back then. So it was all bunched up into like a rat's nest at the back. And uh, so when I got a cut, they stretched it out. And there was 10 inches of hair back there that I... Never knew. Wow. That being said, we need pictures for the our women listeners. In my, so all, the women in my life were, were very upset when I got my hair cut short because they said, "Oh, we used to love running our hair, our hands through your hair." So, well, yeah. you could bring it back. Uh, sadly, nice at this point, I would. Mm, mm, I don't think my hairstyle now is conducive to uh, to that <laughs> technique. Yeah, probably not. But I will say that this is the this is the first time you've co-hosted with me since the last time you were on with Cindy LeBron, and uh, I you have now uh, achieved the status that none of my other co-hosts have ever achieved. I hope they're not listening, Mary and Ellen Carey. <laughs> I, I hope they're Close not listening too, because they, they might try to emulate you. Um, I had more comments after our last episode aired. They're like, man. Mary was really mean to you on the on the last episode. And I was like, no, she was great. She's like, yeah, she really tore into you. And I go, no, it was awesome. That's what I want out of an episode. Oh, so you like the No, abuse. I don't mind. All well, right, I'll keep that you, in mind. You know, you know our number one listener is uh, Maria D'Antonio, who works right outside my office. And she laughed and laughed and laughed when you were tearing into me the last time. So Usually uh, I don't re-listen to podcasts after we record them because I just I can't stand the sound of my own voice. But I did give that one a listen. I thought, wow, that was kind of brutal. Like, what was wrong with me that, that day? That was awesome. But, People say that, you know, they love hearing hosts that go back and forth at each other and they get that friction going. We should so, just have a segment where we just make fun of each other. That's fine. If you, if you want to turn this into a, a morning talk show, that's, that's fine by me. I'm perfectly content with that not not a, not a problem but uh but no but all that being said the the joy of ripping on me at the beginning of every episode you co-host um we're, we're actually here today because we're going to talk about one of my favorite events coming up in uh, in south jersey and uh, what do we have coming up on That's what right. march 22nd right march 22nd is the seventh annual faithful food drive um, which I'm looking forward to so much and all of us are in the diocese and at catholic charities and um it's just an amazing day where you witness so, like this outpour of generosity um, from parishioners and people all across the diocese who donate food on this on this one day. They bring their food that they've been collecting at their parishes and homes and schools, and 
they drop it off at locations and from there Catholic Charities takes that food and um, distributes it across the diocese to people who are in need. Um, and it's been very successful. I mean, each year it's been tens of thousands of pounds of food. So many pounds. Yeah. And we weigh everything on the spot. Um, and it's just been amazing to see the number of people, people from all walks of life. We have little kids who come and drop things off. And then, mm-hmm. you know, some of the elderly folks who come and, and volunteer with us. The Knights of Columbus come the out every year. Knights of Columbus I mean, come through droves. with their U-Hauls. Yeah, they're, they're impressive. It, it's really a great event. And it's... Uh, for me, you know, and you know, we all, we often refer to the dark times we're currently living in. Though I, I tend to believe that anybody at any I'm time in their life. Sunshine. I don't know what you're talking about, Mike. <laughs> no, Mike's no. dark times. <laughs> I meant culturally dark times. Oh, People okay. are always referring to, oh, this is the worst of the worst times of our lives. Um, and yeah. I've never believed that because, you know, I, I, for one thing, I'm how I talk on the show aside, I'm a positive guy. Oh. But um, the uh, I but I also but I'm also impressed when with the greatness of people who go the extra mile to to do so do stuff like this my i was actually my son's school was collecting uh food last week or two weeks ago i guess it was and i snapped a photograph of them because they were they were uh, uh getting their donations together a few weeks early for the faithful food drive uh drive so he had just gone to the uh, and he did all the shopping he went to the shop right and uh, Aww, picked up Jack. all the stuff <laughs> not so little anymore dude's it's twelve, not quite twelve yet. He's already five three. Oh my! He's gonna be bigger than me. Wow! Yeah, he eats as much food as he buys for others. So it's he tries to keep the balance. The balance. We gotta there. keep him away from the drive then. <laughs> exactly. Eat everything. Like, <laughs> definitely all the chips and snacks. No doubt about that. I know the picture you're talking about. Though yeah. his eyes were barely opened all the way. I don't know what time it was, it was in the morning. Six fifty in the morning. Yeah, like, that's hey, Jack, probably Jack. why. He looked all cute in his uh, uniform. And I was like, Hey, Jack, let me get the picture of you. And it, and yeah, there was just no emotion there. I was like, Okay, maybe we won't use this photograph but um I, we still have another bag already getting ready to go for march 22nd so every time we go to the store we buy a little extra and we put it in that bag and so that bag's ready to go on the on the 22nd but that's um, so great to yeah. hear but and we I, have that's happening all across the diocese yeah right now i love that parishes and um you know people at home and schools and it's amazing how many people get on board every year and yeah. it's the biggest um food drive in south jersey that we have yeah. each year so yeah it's it's really it's really impressive event. and yeah yeah it, it makes me very happy actually i'm very proud of uh, the catholics in our diocese but we actually have two special guests with us today as well specifically to the faithful food drive yes who's, who's with us today I, you always do this to me where I have to remember people's titles and I'm bad at that so no, you could just say Matt I'm Davis Matt and Dave. you're from I'm joined with Matt Davis and Christina Chillum two wonderful colleagues of mine and can you both introduce yourselves <laughs> with your titles because I'll probably forget <laughs> sure I'm still thinking of Mike's mullet 10 inch mullet but um, yeah and Mary was worried that she didn't have the opening down that was great and Mary was and I gave it right to her didn't I nailed it <laughs> yes uh, I'm Matt Davis director of life and justice ministries for the diocese I'm Christina Chillum. I direct health and wellness for Catholic Charities, and um, I direct the Walk With Me mentorship program that I had the privilege to share about at a, at a previous session. Um, those are two primary roles. So both of these guests wear a ton of hats and do all sorts of amazing things, 
and we're really lucky to have them as part of the the food drive this yeah. year. And historically, the the food drive kind of emanated out of your office uh, prior to you getting here, Matt. When back when uh, Mike Lasky was still here, uh, but that was really where the the genesis of it was. Um, simply because, you know, the mm, your office is uh, certainly in that social justice vein of of Catholicism, and um, while it predates, does it predate Bishop Sullivan, or is it did he, did it come in? during his I'm trying to remember the timeline now but uh, once he got I, mm. once he got here I know it was something that uh, if it already pre-existed he, he really took it under his wing to, to make sure we really pushed hard for yeah it was uh, he was very I've excited seen about three it three years now of the faithful food drive I don't know when it started though but it's we said seven years seventh oh yeah seventh that makes sense yeah and I think and I think Bishop is <laughs> just starting a six so I think uh, I think it predated him by a year yeah. but uh, since he's been here it's something he's been pushing particularly hard for and and one of the things I'm so pleased about is that uh, the the people have really responded to it mm-hmm. the so Matt you know I'm just you know from your perspective you know and where you've been before you know why as Catholics why should we feel compelled to have an opportunity like this to donate first it's it's scriptural you would look at like Matthew 25, what you do to the least of those you do to me. He mentions people who are hungry in it. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely scriptural. Um, and I think it's just, you know, it's a current need that we're trying to fulfill. There's people that are hungry around the world, but there's also people that are hungry in South Jersey. Yeah. Um, one in six people in South Jersey are food insecure. One in five are children. So it's a need. And as Catholics, we're called to help vulnerable people and try to fill needs. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, that's a phrase that we use a lot in our diocese. And we certainly use a lot in this in this area of uh, service to the community. But, Christina, as you go to take a sip of, from your coffee or from your water. <laughs> I'm good. Um, the, uh, the question I had for you was, could you define food insecurity for me? Sure. Food insecurity, it doesn't necessarily mean... Um, people are starving. It's not food insecure families and individuals aren't the images of the malnourished children you see overseas. It's not that they're it's not that there is no food available, um, but it means food insecurity is you're struggling financially overall. The household overall does not have the income to support all their expenses. This includes medical needs, it, it inc- medical expenses, transportation expenses, rent or mortgage and utilities, the, the expenses of um, a child's education and perhaps extracurriculars or uniforms or books or a laptop or technology, um, the internet service in a household, uh, a, an individual or parents are having to choose what to spend their income on, what to actually um, support. And and so that create that makes folks food insecure because they might be choosing other things over, you know, a, the food that they need for their their family, or they have to forego medications that they might need to support themselves with food. And, and the thing about this is, and we talked a little bit about this with uh, Cindy a few weeks ago, the last time you insulted me repeatedly on the podcast. Um, <laughs> don't feel bad. No, I don't feel bad. I, I, if there's one but thing we know, for, for any so of our long, or, for any of our listeners who remember back to the when, when Pete Sanchez was my host and how much I used to ride him all the time, I, this is called comeuppance, and I'm getting what I deserve. Um, the, um, Fair but, enough. The image of people who need people in need has always been homeless people on the side of the street 
And what we found, and in our conversation with Cindy LeBron, is that really isn't the case. In, in, I mean, that exists. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. But it's actually so much greater than that. Yeah. There are people with jobs who are food insecure. There are people mm-hmm. in, in homes that they might own who are food insecure. There are college students mm-hmm. who are food insecure, right? Absolutely. Uh, I, and it's funny that you mentioned that. I had uh, actually, based off of a segment from Relevant Radio, um, I looked into myself like images of uh, the soup lines and the bread lines from the 1930s. And you see everyone's like stick thin, right? People were starving then. There wasn't enough food. Yeah. Now, the food pantry lines, what you see, you see a lot of folks overweight. And so people might, you know, someone who's not in that situation hasn't experienced that level of crisis, economic crisis themselves, might say, "What? they're not hungry. Like, look, they're eating too much. But um, food insecurity actually creates um, chronic health conditions, obesity, diabetes. Food insecurity forces people to purchase foods at corner stores and and at um, less healthy foods, less whole foods. They lose the the um, traditional practice, the household practice of home cooking whole foods and meals um, that uh, are better for, you know, that that nourish us in a as we need to be nourished. And so they're forced to kind of nourish themselves with uh, things that are more harmful, and so their their bodies, you know, we they fall out of health. You know, they fall, they lose health. They they yeah. um, develop um, cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, and so that image is the image of food insecurity. Just to yeah. clarify that, yeah. that is That's food insecurity. Point. There, right? And a, and a lot of it has to do with education as well. I mean, we live in a world, or in a society rather, we live in a society where fast food is on every corner, where it's just cheap. It, fast it, food. Exactly. It's so <laughs> really, much really easier cheap. to yeah. eat cheap and on the on the go than it is, is to eat healthy. And that's actually one of the things you've been working on a lot in your role with Catholic Charities is teaching people more efficient and valuable eating habits, right? Yes. Healthy foods on yeah, the Yeah, encouraging that. Because first of all, I mean, healthy eating is a challenge for everyone. It's, there's no economic boundaries for that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you, but also when you think about the, the emotional and mental stress of being financially strapped, um, how when ev- whenever you're emotionally or mentally stressed and you just need relief, like, oh, I just want some fries and a burger, you know? And so yeah. even, you know, turning to that um, type of food is is also emotionally and mentally like um, a, a, a temptation there in yeah. that kind of situation. So we do nutrition education to try to encourage and give ideas for and strategies for how to combat that, yeah. um, how to how to shop healthy and and eat healthy and cook healthy when you're on a budget, when you have limited ingredients, um, only common, you know, ingredients like limited limited resources, limited transportation. How to how to eat healthy when you when a food pantry is your primary source of food. Right. Um, so yeah, we work to be creative in that way and encouraging in that way. Yeah, by design, food pantries want for lack of a better word, they want processed food that's shelf-stable, which is important, but also in some ways contradictory to what we're, we're trying to provide is teaching people how to eat correctly. However, you need, you need a jumping off point. So if, if all they have access to is what, what's at the food pantry, 
in your role, you've done a fantastic job of showing them how to mix a few of these things together and come up with a with a healthy meal. Can exactly. You, can you come up with an example of like a, a healthy food pantry meal? Yeah. So I got this idea um, of a three bean salad. Um, with canned beans, with a variety of canned beans, and that's something, that's a staple that pantries often have, are canned beans. Um, The only fresh ingredient in this three-bean salad is one bell pepper. So with a few uh, cans of green, of mix of beans, white, red kidney, black eyed peas, cannellini, whatever, Dijon mustard, salt, sugar, red wine vinegar, and olive oil. And that's only one teaspoon of sugar also, just a little sweetness to to offset the the vinegar. Um, You can make a three bean salad. So what a great lunch for yourself or a lunch for your child or a side you know, in a, for a, a dinner meal, that's a good side. Yeah. So those are all shelf-stable ingredients. However, if I, if I can mention how, you know, when folks are donating to the Faithful Food Drive items to keep in mind, notice that like the bulk of this in this recipe includes condiments, cooking oils, mm-hmm. vinegars, um, the Dijon mustard. So, so often we get, um, which is still important, the canned vegetables or canned mm-hmm. soups or something, but um, just a way to think outside the box and maybe, off, and sometimes these are more expensive things, but, you know, to be able to provide a, a a case of olive oil is is a makes a huge impact on oh, a yeah. household's ability mm. to cook that they you know folks would be really excited about that maybe more so than just a couple extra cans of soup so you can also you can be thinking like oh maybe if i you know, put out if i'm if i'm going to spend 10 dollars on this faithful food drive you feel free to just bring one item and it be something, you know, a yeah. cooking ingredient yeah. rather than it's not all about quant- quantity, you know? Yeah. That's, that's such a good point, too. And that's mm. the benefit of having, like, Christina step in this year. She took a look at the items we've historically listed and, um, you know, added some touches, like low sodium, you know, shoot for low sodium yeah. items and a couple of other things. So and like you like said, a, like, those other canned things are important, of course, but having your insights brought into this this whole. Basic things to look at on labels, which we did note on the flyer, so they're there for anyone to reference again. Um, but fruits and vegetables that have nothing added, just 100% fruit or vegetable juice that they're in, and definitely low sodium. Um, when it comes to grains, 100% whole grains. Look for ingredi- on ingredients lists. If whole grains is the first thing listed, then you're good to go. That that helps to um, that's helping someone's health. Um, the the proteins with nuts. Um, so really, just you know, no sugar added, no sodium added. Um, and when you think about ha- scripturally, right? We think about. Um, how we need to nourish our spirits. The Lord tells us to nourish our spirits with the word and and whatnot. So I just feel like there's such a um, moral connection to to being able to um, nourish our neighbors and nourish ourselves with healthy foods also. I think that's a spiritual thing. You know, we need to, so, you know, just connecting it further. But yeah, those things to look out for. I I tell you, I'm, I'm... Always enjoy hearing when Christina's on because she she always brings she brings a lot of game to mm. to, to our I podcast. Know, her it's always a little awesome. well, in addition to her energy, but a lot of great ideas. Because mm. quite frankly, I've been working food drives probably my entire even 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 as a young person, and we never gave any thought to the health of uh, the health quality of what we were providing. It was always number one is a shelf stable uh, because that was the primary thing. Because we knew these things were probably going to have right. to last for a while. But the truth of the matter is, they still need to be shelf stable. But 
how many, I mean, certainly in your case, Mary, and in my case, we've been to a lot of food pantries where they tend to go empty pretty quick. Right. These, these things are important. And one of the reasons why the faithful food drive is so important is because it's not related to a holiday. So the yeah, at this time point. of year is when those, those shelves are getting bear because all of those Thanksgiving and Christmas donations mm-hmm. are now starting to run out and probably have been for a couple of weeks. So the faithful is particularly put in there to to remember to do that. Right. You know. And it's I think it's Christina brought up a great point when we were talking and you too Matt. I think we had a conversation about this um, how we're really I think it's great we're having all the locations at different Catholic charities offices because people can come in you know, to, to get food from the food pantries, but let's say they're in need of something else or they could benefit from like what you said, Christina, the um, like healthy eating program, they can get connected to these services. So it's more than just kind of a free for all handing out food type of thing. People can actually meet our case managers face to face and talk to them about, you know, barriers that might be leading them to food insecurity. So it's good that we can also have that that connections through our different offices. Yeah. You know, um, so there's a lot of different ways of looking at, at food insecurity. Um, we are currently in the city of Camden, one of easily one of the most food insecure places in the world. Um, and, and I, and not, that's not hyperbole. That's in the world. I would say this is one of the most food insecure places. Um, but we're also in the middle of what we're in the area that's referred to as the Garden State. Like we are covered in farmland, right. and yet the the homelessness and the food insecurity we see is very often in the suburbs and rural areas as much as it is in Camden. Um, just going back to our previous conversation with Cindy, uh, if, if listeners may not have, uh, have heard that edition, you know, uh, you guys literally every year go out into the woods and meet with people who are living in tent cities, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, right. I forget, did you have actually, you had, did you actually have the opportunity to go into the woods? And, <laughs> oh and, yeah. yeah, for a couple years. And it goes back to what you said about like homelessness, food insecurity, they look a lot differently than, you know, the image that might immediately come to mind. Um, like you said, with Cindy's, um, when she was talking about homelessness, it was more than just people sleeping on streets. If you go to you know these woodsy areas and rural, I can never pronounce r- rural, you got it, rural. <laughs> areas. Um, <laughs> there are people who are living um, in tents in the woods. They have communities set up there, um, mm. and people who kind of couch surf. You know, they don't have a stable right. home over their heads, um, but they are still considered homeless, just like Christina said. Um, you know, people who. They might not have that emaciated look to them, but they are still very much food insecure. Right. And, um, and then, and then in yeah. the urban areas like Camden, where we are now, in Atlantic City, and and Vineland, even in South Jersey, but certainly every place in the state and across the river in Philadelphia and New York City, um, you know, there's the urban populations as well. Now, the urban populations. Uh, certainly the need is, is larger in terms of numbers, uh, but there's a, the, the aid is also uh, larger in terms of numbers. And in the city of Camden, certainly we have a variety of homeless shelters where people can go to. But as someone who worked with homeless shelters a lot in my previous jobs, um, you know, there is a people actively avoid them. Um, mm-hmm. Men's shelters, uh, no matter how 
how hard you work in them, they are bad things can happen at a, at a men's shelter um, simply because you have a, a group of guys together and, you know, sometimes people will bring in drugs and sometimes, and they're all, you know, there's always staff there to look after things. But, you know, when you've lived on the streets for a while, you're able to figure out ways of of getting around those things. And while the staff is there encouraging, uh, you know, the people who are there, it's difficult and it's and bad things tend to happen so that's why it's important for us as catholics working with these populations to get in before homelessness hits mm-hmm. you know where we get an opportunity to to get them into into regular housing and we and a lot of that starts you can get them into regular housing okay so we figure that out now how do we feed them and how do we find them a job and certainly that's something that catholic charities works on more than any other entity in the diocese, right. I would say. And that's why the food assistance, food pantries are so vital. I mean, to some extent, they're a preventative factor preventing homelessness. We're trying to help per- people like um, be able to pay their rent and utilities just by providing some yeah. extra food so that they can make those payments to prevent them from you know, homelessness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you've worked a fair amount in uh, Salem County, Christina, and I can't remember, is it they have one grocery store now? There's some... I can't remember what the statistics are, but I know it's a real problem for people to find the access to. Salem (laughs) County is really interesting. It's definitely, for all those living there, it feels as, you know, as legitimately rural as you it can be. However, the U- U.S. government doesn't um, identify it as rural, so we actually aren't eligible for a lot of um, funding for rural programs. Um, but uh, Salem City uh, itself, which is a really small small town, it used to be bustling, mm-hmm. um, but now it's um, very economically depleted and. Um, the closest grocery store is nine miles. That's an Acme. That is nine miles away. Now, for um, for a rural area, they're only considered a food desert if a grocery store is more than ten miles away. Ooh. But that's not possible. That's a two hour and fifty five minute walk for mm. someone who doesn't have transportation. And many many people in that city do not have transportation. And the city itself, the city of Salem. Um, within Salem County is surrounded by farmland and rural. So if you're in that city and you don't have transportation, it is, it's a a day's trip, a day's bus trip anywhere outside of that. And it's expensive. Um, So I've seen the consequence of that, that um, within a 1.5 mile radius so walking from one end of salem city to the other it'll take you a half hour for that walk Mm -hmm. um there are six food pantries and one soup kitchen Hmm. between these six food pantries and one soup kitchen distributions are occurring four days the first week of the month six days the second week of the month seven days the third week of the month four days the last week of the month and four of these sites will distribute food at any time if someone just makes a call so that's how that's the extent of the need for food in that small town because they're so isolated and there's no grocery store the grocery store closed the first year i came into this position which was 2017 and now a similar thing is starting in Pensgrove. The grocery store there is closing down, and Pensgrove oh is gosh. 20 20 minutes away from mm. Salem City. Yeah. So um, that's just the yeah. That's a kind of snapshot. You had me at nine mile nine yeah. miles. Yeah. I mean everything well, where I live. Well, drugstore, grocery store, like that's so cool. And then to add, and then this is me with a car, like. 
you add in, it's just right. mind boggling to think about people who don't have mm. transportation to right. drive nine miles and what that looks like. And it's Matt, crazy. from from the urban side, you're, in addition to your other role, in your primary role, your, your other role is vice chancellor to the city of Camden. And certainly this is something you've become aware of too. And Camden is notorious for having no supermarkets mm-hmm. in the city. The, I think the closest one is in Cherry Hill, which is probably about an eight, eight mile drive mm. from the furthest part of uh, of Camden. So it's all bodegas mm. and, you know, um, Chinese food places. And it's mm. you, there's not a lot, ton of great places to get food. Is that something that the city of Camden has been working on to try to get more food into the city? I don't know specifics. I was at a meeting where, where someone brought up supermarkets. There wasn't really a response, just that yeah. the that's a reality, there's a concern. I don't know what specific plans, but yeah. it's definitely obviously a need. And the irony, of course, is, so Salem County is in Salem, or Salem City is in Salem County, which is, I would say, 98% farmland um, and 2% manufacturing. Uh, Camden, uh, it's lo- it has two particularly large um, entities there, and one of them is Campbell Soup Company. And yet, here is this. I never even thought about yeah, that. Yeah, here is wow. this area that where where food distribution is so difficult, um, and you know, it's 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 not easy. Now they the, there's an Aldi's that just opened. No, not an Aldi's, a Lidl that just opened in Cherry Hill, right yeah, on the Cuthbert. yeah, right yeah. on the Cherry Hill um, Camden City border essentially a little farther than the border i guess and the hope is that that that'll draw some folks in from camden but it's still it's a bus ride or Mm -hmm. it's not and it's not really a walk there's no easy way to walk from camden to cherry hill uh you're not really allowed to walk down uh admiral wilson boulevard yeah so so that's what we're saying is that this is so then imagine carrying the groceries all these things are just like clicking in my head carrying bad weather oh if you have children with you yeah that's right. And this extends, you wanted to kind of oh understand gosh. this um, more broadly also, so the the lack of a grocery store also is is related to a lack of resources in general, especially in the more rural areas of Sum- um, Salem, Cumberland. Um, you know, there, not only is there not a grocery store, but there's also no, there's no overnight homeless shelter in Salem, in Salem County. Mm. So it's, I mean, a lack of resources in general to help prevent homelessness or help those who've fallen into homelessness get right. back on their feet. Um, something that's interesting uh, for, uh, related to South Jersey uh, totally is um, this new initiative, um, the New Jersey Health Initiatives with Robert Wood Johnson. They put out a grant opportunity for several um, small towns in South Jersey, um, Burlington City, Clayton, Egg Harbor City, Glassboro, Hamilton, Lawnside, Millville, Pensgrove, Pleasantville, and Salem. So what they did was ask, um, they, they they got small teams, they're calling dream teams, which are collaborations of community partners, social service agencies, may, if some are lucky, maybe a local business has joined on, maybe a, um, a small hospital representative or something. Um, so they have these small dream teams and they've been taken through this process of uh, um, meeting with experts and been given a dashboard of data local to their cities to create um, proposals for projects specifically that will work in their small town. And wow. so I just think this is such a, a great attention 
um, given to our small South Jersey yeah. towns that often don't have the personnel resources or the personnel expertise to be competitive in larger grant processes. And mm. so that's why we miss out on so much funding because right. we don't have the personnel resources down here. And yeah. um, so we so right now um, Catholic Charities is involved on the team for Salem and Pensgrove um, and we're we've made contact with the team in Hamilton and so we're trying to be a community partner in that way for yeah. our for our towns in South Jersey and to help but this is a recognition from some bigger you know funding corporations that uh, there's a lack down here of resources yeah. for yeah. for our for our neighbors now I heard Millville on there that's where you're from yes, Matt, right I'm from Millville and my dad's from <laughs> Salem County, so interesting to think about my, wow. my roots, my family roots in, in some of these places. Yeah. So. I, I was born in Salem County, Elmer, New Jersey. That's me. Oh, uh, wow. I, 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 listen, I, I mentioned on the podcast before, but yeah. uh, when I'm having a bad day, I, I drive through Salem County because it, uh, it is bucolic and beautiful and yeah. and I love the farmlands and mm-hmm. it takes me back to the days but oh yeah, yeah I love it I, I, yeah, I love it warm. sounds uh, pretty good right now <laughs> it, you know what I gotta tell you um, I was I did a photo shoot for something we did in the diocese eh, like three years ago and as part of it I was trying to take iconic photographs from each of the counties and uh, Salem I, so I, and I, so I literally drove through every county like every major That's road so back roads and yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> Well, that was. I think about that all the time yeah. when that I'm driving was, down there. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's a photo-rich environment, and, and quite frankly, you know, you um, because we, and particularly in jobs like for, for, for the four of us, uh, where it's a lot of we're on the road a lot and we're passing by all this kind of stuff. The opportunity to get off the main roads mm-hmm. and take the back roads, and which in Salem County is you know 295, mm-hmm. and everything else is a back road. Um, Oh man, you see parts of the of the of our area that we just don't get to see on a regular mm. regular uh, with any regularity. So right. I encourage our listeners every now and again <laughs> it, it, go Take back and back do the Sunday yeah. drive, drive through a part of your area that you've never been through before, and and see what's there. Particularly if you live anywhere around farmland, it just mm. it's just it's just great. It makes me very happy. Is that in Millville, Matt, where you live? Is it? Is it? Um, do you? Have, I don't want to stay on a farm, but like, are you surrounded by this okay. rural? I that, don't know Millville. This, that is I culturally like inappropriate. Did you know <laughs> this is a very typical question for people who don't we know about Millville. Millville asking really. about Millville. Yes. <laughs> and there's like four colleagues I have, all from Millville. You know, Brian Wagner. Oh, too. that's true. Well, if it'll help, um, <laughs> if you break down the word Millville. <laughs> It was actually a manufacturing oh, area yes. that was known for its mills. Yes. Not as not okay. so much for its yes. farmland. Yeah. And then glass. That which is oh, where glass afterwards. Right. Clayton yeah. was originally Fizzlerville, which is now mm. Clayton, and uh, but that was na- it was a glass making empire in Clayton, New Jersey, for the longest time. There's a lot of great South Jersey has this wonderful manufacturing background. Mm. Actually, New Jersey from beginning to end. People sometimes I mean, we refer to it as a garden state, but actually our our manufacturing rivals any mm. other state in the union currently and back in the day even more so we, yeah. there were all sorts of things around here but yes that's where Milva but, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be willing to bet that that uh, Matt does not live on a farm do you live on a farm, Matt? I, in the Dominican Republic, I did. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> oh my gosh! But not in Cumberland County. Yes, yeah. no outskirts of Milva would be like when I go to. I love going down 49. Some of those back roads too mm-hmm. in Salem County are beautiful. Which my yeah. dad's from his farms. Millville's 
outskirts of Millville. Your dad's a farmer? Is that what you No, the, where my dad's from oh. is has farmland. My dad right. grew up picking tomatoes. All right, listen, from. I'm going to make you feel better, all right? I did, my grandparents did have a farm. Right, I did spend a lot a of time farm. on the farm, and my grandfather was with a farmer. With So, with my mullet. So, all of oh, hunters, the whole image. thing. I like the scene no. that I see right now. I lived my, I grew up in flannel through, for most of my life, oh, flannel my and denim. Gosh. It was a great look. I got to tell you. Wow. But anyway, so yeah, one of us here has farm connections, so right. you're you're okay, Mary. My face is red now. Glad our Mary gr- can't Mary see that. Grove grew up. Uh, what little I know of Mary is she grew up in quintessential suburbia. suburbia. Yeah, yeah. You know? High five across the table, yeah. Mary. It's true. It's true. But uh, but no. But it's you know it, these are things that you know part of this podcast we when we created was you know p- p- putting a spotlight on things that don't often get an opportunity mm. to be seen. Yeah. And in my times working for other nonprofits uh, that dealt with homelessness and dealt with food insecurity, this was always the thing that we had the hardest time getting people to understand was it's a far more widespread than you realize. You have no idea how many of your neighbors are, are food insecure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also don't realize how many of your neighbors are in danger of losing their home or needed services or their car or how, how close they are from having something truly traumatic happen. And, mm-hmm. and the truth of the matter is we're all really close. Mm-hmm. I think about that often. Mm-hmm. You know, just- it... It's it, one it, tragedy or accident yeah. away from hmm. being clients, which is one of the things we talk to our clients about so much. Not, not our clients, your clients. I'm, I work for the diocese. You guys work for Catholic charities, um, but your clients, you know, is making sure that you know they're financially secure, that that they're in a good spot, that they have good jobs. That you. That's why there's so much training that's offered at Catholic charities. It's more than just. I think Catholic charity sometimes gets a bad rap, not a bad rap, uh, an, an inaccurate rap that it's all about giving away money. Mm-hmm. And that is the least of what it does. Yeah, it's more than just slapping a Band-Aid on the problem, although that is important. Sometimes if people are hungry, we give them the food, but then we try to you know, guide them from there. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how you had mentioned the pantries are an access point. People come yeah. because they need mm-hmm. food, but then, and they're not thinking, um, you know, a lot of times when you are um, uh, bearing the stress of economic hardship you're trying to get through the day you're thinking day to day and that's actually um that tra- that's actually a traumatic day-to-day experience and it can actually reshape the way your brain yep. can think long term mm-hmm. and so no one's thinking to ask hey can i um get help accessing my credit report and actually creating a budget that can help get me out of debt. But when someone comes to our food pantry, we ask them information about their situations. They meet with, they always meet with an individual who, who asks them information about their household to see what else we can let them know that we have and see, can, well, we can provide right. you financial coaching. Would you be, you know, can we mm-hmm. schedule you an appointment for that? Um, we, uh, you know, the same thing with the nutrition education. We're not. We're never just. When I'm in those pantries, it maximizes the direct assistance of the food, right. because then we're saying, you know, here's he, oh, and here's a way to compare unit prices when you're in the corner store or when you do get to a grocery store. Compare unit prices so that you can um, make the most out of your dollar and make a healthy choice. So that education on top of it helps to um, always thinking about the whole person. Catholic charities always, you know, our whole our culture and our approach, you know, when when 
a new person, a new case manager, a caseworker joins our team, they're trained to think about the whole person and uh, and how to serve that whole person so that they don't so that they can can grow and not have to come back. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's 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 no small thing. And I, I really hope that people will. And, and this you know, we're talking about Catholic charities in South Jersey right now. But there are Catholic charities in all of the dioceses in New Jersey. 165 mm-hmm. in the U.S. That's right. 165 mm-hmm. altogether. Every diocese in the New Jersey has one. Certainly the Archdiocese in New York, the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. each have them. Um, and each of them, they're, as I lovingly refer to, they're, they're like snowflakes in the sense that well, they all offer slightly different services uh, services uh, not necessarily the same thing everywhere but the the same commitment to supporting the individual mm-hmm. and the community at large yeah. so if you don't know what your Catholic charities and office can provide in your area I recommend you check out their website mm-hmm. and learn more uh, you'll, what you'll probably be surprised at is a they offer a lot more things than you realize and you might have thought that they mm-hmm. did things that they actually don't do mm-hmm. um, which is just as important sometimes um, unfortunately sometimes we'll get parishes contacting Catholic Charities in Camden saying, well, we need you to provide this for for somebody, and and we have to tell them that uh, we don't provide that service. But Here's, but but here is we'll find else. out who you will. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. You also don't have to be, like, seriously economically stressed to benefit from mm-hmm. things that Catholic Charities has. Mm-hmm. When I realized, Christina, I've learned from your workshops. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and when I saw the curriculum, the, the financial coaching booklet oh, that, that our too. clients get, I thought this was so helpful for mm-hmm. my own personal budgeting and I whatnot. The so same thing. like Mike said, yep. just to call and like check out right. your local cha- your, your local Catholic charities. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And if your parish mm-hmm. wants to have one of you guys come out and give a presentation on it, contact them Hit let them up. know these if, if there's one thing i've learned from the catholic Ch- charities people that i've worked for they are if they have the ability to do something they will come do it and if you invite them into your parish they will provide whatever they can provide for in terms of information and, and presentations and i just realized the faithful food drive is an awesome opportunity to meet a lot of the catholic yeah. charity staff and matt it's his first <laughs> yeah. year joining yes. joining the this initiative um so you'll have a chance to meet some of these some of these people. Where, where will they be able to meet them at? Where are these larger drop-off locations? I can tell you right now. One is at um, our Catholic Charities headquarters in Camden at 1845 Haddon Avenue. Um, another is in Blackwood, um, Our Lady of Hope. Um, they have been so good to us over the years in offering their parish as a drop-off site. And it's an amazing sight to see. I mean, I can't wait for you to come this year, Matt, because you'll see what I'm talking about. Like, people just come up, these, like, caravans just dropping off food, and, you know, they're excited and happy to be there. And You actually shot some uh, time lapse there. I did. Uh, It was amazing. I forgot that my phone was still recording (laughs) because I was running around barking out orders, as Jose Sanchez would say. Um, (laughs) But then I looked at the time lapse and just this, like, bustling activity, um, especially at that location. You guys have boxes and boxes and boxes. Boxes, bags, sorting through things. We have a ton of our volunteers who come out to all of our locations. Um, It's just a really busy, joyful day. You leave it feeling like tired but energized, you know, and inspired to to do more. And um, I've always been at Blackwood, but in um, Our Lady of Hope. But we also have our Atlantic City office open on. 
um, Georgia. I'm blanking mm-hmm. yeah, now. Ninth, ninth in ninth in Georgia. Yes. Okay. Our Catholic Charities office there is open, um, and so is our one in Vineland on 810 Montrose Street. And all of this information can be found online at camdendiocese.org slash faithful. Faithful with two L's right. at the end. I don't right. know who came up with that idea, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but for a URL address, it always yeah, creates a little bit of confusion. But yes, faithful. Uh, yeah. is, we right. are faithful. faithful with, you know what? I wrote something earlier, and I meant to write faithful regular faithful and I spelled it with two L's and I kept typing I'm like wait a that's, minute that's, <laughs> spell check caught that means, me <laughs> that means brand, our branding is working yeah, I like it's, it it's Very in my good. brain now and it's funny because faithful food drive this year I think it's it's topical it is during you know the Lenten season of, of giving and it also happens to be during National Nutrition Month that's right and I found out that the um, the I guess the slogan for this month it's eat right bite by bite which oh, I thought was cute. I like that. <laughs> and it goes back to what, um, Christina, what you were saying about, of course, you know, the quality of donations is important, but, or I'm sorry, the quantity is important, but the quality is also really important, too. Which so. which actually brings me to, now, uh, Christina and I have talked about this a couple of times, and I think we talked about it on the podcast lately, but it's getting closer to the summertime. Her face just I, that's oh, right. oh, my gosh. <laughs> we are. We're going to. Be on TV. One of the Wait, things, what? yes, one of the things we talked about with Christina before be was, us, Mary. yeah. <laughs> Christina oh, has agreed to, to at least it. tentatively agreed to it. Uh, we're going to start up a cooking show with Christina in the pantry. Ooh. Yeah, at the pantry. That is fun awesome. as that. That's right. Yeah. So oh everybody gosh. has to tune in That's, to that. Yeah, we want to. I'm going to. I think we're going to set it up on the YouTube dot talk or YouTube Talking Catholic page. Uh, maybe on the Catholic Charities YouTube page. I don't know which one is uh, which one it'll be on right now, but I. Kind of want to hoard it for myself, even though it oh. probably deserves me on the Catholic Charities one. But I, I really well, we'll f- steal it I, from you then. I really feel a pull to keep I'll it. I feel a- like a star either way. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Myself and uh, Mr. Kevin Hickey may have to argue over who gets the ownership of the show. Oh but, my goodness, that's but, so exciting! Yeah, and the idea is, uh, you know, once a week or once every two weeks, have Christina come on and we'll shoot a proper. A uh, cooking show where it'll be like a one dish thing, and from beginning to end, and she'll show what what goes into this dish, why it's an important dish, give some of the nutritional facts to it. And the idea is to do it all in like my, my idea anyway. Maybe Christina's got a different idea, but I was thinking if we yeah, make it. Let like, her ideas come out. You, you <laughs> okay? I, I always my, said you want a, your own talking cat, your own talking food podcast because you always end up talking about food on here. I love. I know talking you're going to hijack this from Christina. I'm calling it. No, now. no, no, no. It's just that. No one watches more food uh, shows on YouTube true. and and the, the Food Network. Baking, the He's whatever. gonna like nudge me out of the camera. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll be no, filming. No. I'll be like, Mike, move, move, make room this, for Christina. I know it. This is a face for radio. This is this is the guy who's supposed to be off camera, but uh, mullet we're or not. Talking about food. But no, no, no. But I, but I. So I've been watching all these other food shows. Like um, like so on. If you go on Facebook, there's this uh, BuzzFeed Tasty. Mm-hmm. It's oh, one that I watch all the time, and and they're like five minute episodes. Um, and they basically go from beginning to end, and they show you how to make a make it make the stuff. And they're but they have all, they now are getting into having a couple of like minor hosts on. So there's this woman by the name of Alex Traeger, and feel free to look her up because I think we're going to steal a lot of ideas from her. Um, but she's got this very similar personality 
you might find that insulting, but a very similar personality to Christina, and but very very. She's very. See what I really think She's no, no, no. She's one of these people that just exudes joy oh, and very awesome. effervescent and stuff like that. Okay. And so it's like, for her. Her her bit is she's always trying to make new creations, but without actually learning how to make it. So she kind of learns it on the fly. Oh. And it, anyway, it's very funny. And she's hysterical, and, and she's adorable. And but. It, I find all of them very interesting. And I think, well, if we marry Christina's deep knowledge with uh, her natural jovial personality, yeah. we stick those two things together and create these five-minute episodes, oh, man, that'll, that stuff will be going viral in no time. It will. But have the benefit of being incredibly educational at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So, I was just thinking about this. You know how you look up recipes online and every now and then you just hit – well, no. For me, it's oftentimes – it's somebody posts a recipe, but they post like an essay describing like where they were when they discovered this recipe. Like it's so oh. detailed. Oh, like the, it was like the crisp novel October before every yes. recipe. Like you have to scroll down, scroll oh, down, scroll like all the way down. Just get like me it the was recipe. a chilly October <laughs> yeah. morning, and my boyfriend just broke up with me, and I started cooking. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. My point is with Christina, like you could, like I would be like glued to what you're saying. You yeah. just have like that. Mm. That energy. Whatever my time <laughs> limit is, I'll fill it. No, it's, uh, yeah. well, it's it's my whole thing with. So for anyone who's listening and doesn't know, we have we, in addition to the podcast, we have uh, six YouTube shows. And uh, if you're a longtime listener, you've you've probably heard us interview some of the hosts. So the YouTube channel has been very successful, and um, we've actually been getting a lot of po- very positive feedback on it. And so we're about midway through uh, season one, and season one is only going to be six months long. And then we'll determine if all the shows are coming back, if the hosts want to keep doing the shows, if you want to add new shows to it. So and this, the idea is that sometime in the later summer, we, we're going to start season two. Mm. So if, uh, you know, would you formally accept my invitation Absolutely. to be our, our next yes, host? Is- there. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd ask for approval first. But uh, Mr. Know. Hickey very rarely right. says no to me, so particularly yeah. out through this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how we'll test to see if he actually listens. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but because I, I have another idea, we have a we have a priest in the diocese who is a former chef. And uh, a fellow by the name of uh, Father Nick Dudo. He's the vicar for oh, clergy in the diocese. Yes. And uh, I have an idea for a second show with him. But so we'll have the t- these two cooking shows running sort of complementary. Wow. No, no, no. Not a, well. Don't jump the fence. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> These two complementary cooking shows, but then occasionally we'll do crossover shows where the two of them will appear together. Ooh. That's how wow. much I spent too much time like thinking it. about this stuff, but like yeah. So I'll be filming. You know what? Matt, you can be the taste tester. I like you can to be eat. the guy that that's there and judges for yourself. I can do that. Oh, I got a whole other one, too. Let's see. We only got 10 minutes left. So we got five minutes left, four minutes left. Um, so I've been kicking around this one, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to. Spoilers. Pull, 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 yeah, that's all right. I, I've decided that I don't care about spoilers. A real, if, I, if I talk about it on the podcast, it might encourage me to actually get it done. Um, America Magazine, they have a digital entity as well, and they decided to do this um, for Lent, this. Uh, fast food fish fillet um, taste mm. test kind of show, and it was like five mm. minutes long, and their results were so horrific oh. that I was like, you know what, I got to redo this test because that for anyone who's wondering, 
that's how the scientific how, that's how scientists are supposed to work. People who appreciate science, uh, one group comes up with a with a test and runs it and comes up with so many conclusions, and then you're supposed to replicate the okay. test and come up with new conclusions if to, to prove whether the first one is right or wrong. So I'm looking at this from a science perspective. I found them to be categorically wrong. Can anyone guess what this group thought was the best fish fillet sandwich available at a fast food joint? I won't give you what the fast food joints are because I feel and like you a think pe- it's inaccurate or wrong. I, I yes, so I to my bones I know it's wrong. Are we going to get in trouble if we start knocking? No, like, I don't think so. Stores. And- I'm willing to bet that uh, American Magazine doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Particularly since I really so do the, want to the replicate best the sandwich, test. The best fish. The best sandwich. fast food fish sandwich that's available during Lenten times. I if don't I do even get know what places would sell a fish. Well, sandwich. that's the thing. See, <laughs> all of the fast food joints sell fish sandwiches during Lent because the oh. Catholics don't eat meat on Fridays but they don't want to lose the, the Catholic buyer. Right. McDonald's. So, okay, that's that was one of the choices. That was not what was picked. Matt. Long John Silver, baby. Now oh. see, that would make sense. It wasn't even included oh. in the wow. test. Oh Once my gosh. Another fail. <laughs> Christina, what fast food joint do you think? Wendy's. Was, no. Also, Wait, was that one included? That one might have been inc- That one was included and did not win. You know which one won? What? Burger King. Hmm. That there was going to no, be my next guess. There is no way what? the Burger King fish sandwich can possibly be good. <laughs> adding, <laughs> adding to that... <laughs> Adding to that, they oh, didn't there's include. There's only one way to find I out. Mean, well, I that's my that point. Such a connoisseur. I'm I am. I, listen, right. when it comes to terrible food, see, I'm the antithesis of Christina. Christina's going out of her way to explain how we can eat healthier and better and Your wiser. Your drives through Salem like, County. Just drives to each and, best food joint. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. This is reached in his face in the car. So that's what wasn't included? They didn't include Arby's and they didn't include Chick Fil A, oh who both came out and who are known for the quality of their foods and did not. Mm. They did not include those. What they did include was sushi, which is, as far as I'm concerned, Ooh. is not part of the test. It shouldn't be part of the test because it's not even a fish sandwich. Yeah. Mm. And then finally, a um, they included a local, uh, a local like pubs fish sandwich, which mm. was which. I mean, if you're gonna do fast food fish sandwiches, you can't do a pub sandwich. Mm. However, if you were looking at creating a baseline of what a good pub, what a good yeah. fish sandwich, and then basing everything else off of that, I would have done that. But they didn't even do that, so it was driving me insane. So, Christina, I say all this <laughs> to say really this is what you're gonna have to deal with if you decide to agree <laughs> to, to do this. You make it a lot of notes. I very rarely give my host I'm notes. Gonna, I'm gonna come up with a healthy fish fillet <laughs> option. It'll be our first episode. You can judge it. Matt can judge. We'll send it to we'll American see. Magazine. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll win next year. <laughs> oh my oh, goodness. Well, in the oh, last minute we have, I, since we have Christina, we literally have one minute. Can you give us your elevator speech for the mentorship program? For down sure, here? yeah. Um, yeah. We are looking for adults to volunteer to mentor youth. It's a really meaningful experience. You're paired one-on-one with a youth. Uh, we ask you your interest and their interest. They're in your local, we'll find a youth in your local area. The youth, they, they face opportunity gaps. They really need good role models and, um, and uh, just attention, engaging them it, so that they can discuss discover their own natural gifts and and develop dreams and ambitions of their own and know that they can do, you know, that they can do it, that they're capable. Um, So uh, come to our, go to our website and, and look up more information and apply. 
Excellent. She just kills the elevator pitches. Oh, she really I love does. It. <laughs> I can't do it like that. So great job. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you both for, for joining us today. Thank you, Mary, for putting this all together and co-hosting Thank with you. me. And everybody, have a great day. And uh, we'll chat with you again next week. Bye. Awesome.